What's up, everybody? Welcome back to more Shooting the Schmidt. I know I've taken a long absence. Long story short, had some computer problems, was too broke to get a new computer, finally saved up. So I'm officially back at the best time of the year. College football just started back this Saturday. The NFL is starting up again here soon. And it's just, it's so great to be back, and I cannot wait to jump into this football season with y'all. Looking forward to all the guests and different people I'm going to have on throughout this. And yeah, I'm just, I'm super excited. So, without further ado, here we go. Today's podcast is going to be pretty short. We are going to start with college football, looking back at week zero. And there is just this huge overreaction to Scott Frost, right? People are talking about how he's going to get run out of the building, how Nebraska is going to fire him, how he's not a very good coach, yada, yada, yada. Look, Scott, Scott Frost is still a good coach, okay? You don't go 13-0 at UCF and beat Auburn in a bowl game and not be a good head coach, right? And it's like, well, Jonathan, you know, he's moved to Nebraska. He's at a Power 5 school now. Like, why can't he win? Why can't he win in the Big Ten with Nebraska. Here's why he can't win with Nebraska. It's because Nebraska is the worst coaching job in America. I, I, It is the last place anybody should want to go coach. And the problem is the expectations are too high for where Nebraska is at, right? And when people think about Nebraska, all they want to talk about is history. History this, history that. Here, here's some history for you. Nebraska has never won a Big a Big Ten championship, okay? They joined in 2012. It's been almost a decade. They are yet to win a single Big Ten title. The last time they won a conference championship was in 1999. That is 21 years ago when they were in the Big 12, right? So when we think about Nebraska and people think about the glory days, you know, the 80s and the 90s, you know, they won like their first, they started kind of their run in 1963. So from 1963 to 1999, Nebraska, powerhouse football team competing for national championships, winning Big 8 conference championships, winning Big 12 conference championships, and all this, and it's awesome, right? And Nebraska fans absolutely love it, and they love to talk about it. But guess what? The only people who care about what happened from 1963 to 1999 are Nebraska football fans. You know who doesn't care at all about what happened from 1963 to 1999? Is that that four-star quarterback in who, who lives in Nebraska, but is probably going to end up at, at Ohio State or Iowa. Because recency bias is really the name of the game when it comes to recruiting okay kids want to go play at schools that are good now not schools that were good 21 years ago right like that's just that's not what people are looking for and when we take an even deeper dive into what nebraska is and kind of some of their problems they aren't close to any recruiting hubs okay if we look at all the states that touch nebraska you got South Dakota, you know, they're putting out five-star athletes every year. You got Iowa, they put out some pretty solid football players, but guess what? Those guys, they're going to Iowa and Iowa State. They're not moving to Nebraska. Okay, Missouri, you know, Missouri's on the up and up. They're also connected to SEC schools, so SEC schools are able to go into Missouri and recruit. Kansas touches Nebraska. Yep, we know Kansas, you know, putting out incredible football players that's why that's why the Kansas that's why the University of Kansas is good at football every year is because the state of Kansas just produces great football players psych they don't Colorado I mean that's you know the University of Colorado's there you know but Colorado didn't produce like a ton of football players either 
And then you got Wyoming. And the only players that I know of to come out of Wyoming is Josh Allen. I don't even know if Josh Allen's from there or if he just played at the University of Wyoming. So the problem with Nebraska is expectations are way too high, and they're in a very tough place to recruit, okay? The University of Nebraska is located in Lincoln, Nebraska, okay? The only thing I know about Lincoln, Nebraska is that it's the capital and that the University of Nebraska is there. That is all I know. I know more about Omaha than I do about Lincoln, which is a problem, okay? It's just not a very attractive place. It's it's a tough place to get young 18-year-olds to want to come and play football when you don't have any recent history and you don't and you're not close to home, right? Because, like, let's be honest, when we look at where the majority of talent is at when it comes to high school football, you got Texas, Florida, and California. Those are kind of the three main hubs, right? And then I know Ohio puts out good players. There's a lot of good players in the South. Georgia puts out good players. Alabama puts out good players. Along the East Coast, North Carolina, South Carolina put out good players. And let's be honest, if you're a good football player and you're in the Midwest, you're probably going to end up at Ohio State. Because that's the closest powerhouse to you, right? So Scott Frost, he's still a really good coach. He's just stuck at the worst coaching job. He's just he's stuck at the worst place to coach in America, right? You know, it's it's worse than Kansas because I understand Kansas has never been good. You know, and you can make the argument like Kansas is a terrible place to go coach. The difference is that if you go to Kansas and you go six and six, fans are happy. You go to Nebraska and you go six and six, fans are pissed off. Right, so it's a tough place to coach. Scott Frost, he's still a really good coach. You know, if, if things don't get better this year, also think we're kind of overreacting. It's only week one. Brett Bielema is a solid coach, not a great coach. But look, there's still time for Nebraska to turn it around, win some games this year. You know, maybe they can go seven and five, eight and four, and Scott Frost can hold on for another year. But I think we can see the light at the end of the tunnel, especially with you know all the violations that they you know broke with you know, analysts interacting with players and things. Like, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel for Scott Frost, but that doesn't mean that his coaching career is over. He'll get another head coaching job somewhere. He'll get another shot at a Power 5 school. He's a young guy. And look, as long as it's not Nebraska, I think he'll be fine, right? Like, the reason why he was so great at UCF is because, part because he's in Florida, where they got too many football players, right? So I believe that when Scott Frost, when he is eventually fired, I do believe that he's going to end up at another Power 5 school. Maybe not immediately. You know, maybe he pulls Elaine Kiffin, you know, goes and coaches at, you know, Florida Atlantic or something like that. And then he ends up at his Power 5 school again where he's free to coach and kind of do his thing where he will be much, much better. So, yeah, like don't don't sell stock in, in Scott Frost. Like this guy, he can really coach. That He can really, really coach. So we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll get into the NFL you know, the NFL starting here soon, and I cannot wait. It's going to be a great season. So we're, we're going to take a short break, and then we'll be right back with more Shooting the Schmidt. And we're back with more Shooting the Schmidt, moving on to the NFL portion. And look, I don't want to get too, too crazy into the preseason, right? You know, there's really not much we can take away from it. You know, you can get some basic ideas of like, all right, like this, you know, rookie quarterback looks good. I think they've all looked pretty solid so far. No, no one's really jumped off the page. Trevor Lawrence looked really good tonight, though. You know, 12-13 from the field looked really great in his final preseason game. But I don't really want to get into all that. So there was a rumor that started floating around yesterday. Today's Sunday, by the way. I forgot to say that in the opening segment. Recording at about 11 o'clock Eastern time. So 
this thing kind of started popping up yesterday. Deshaun Watson's on the move. Deshaun Watson's on the move. Miami, front runner to get Deshaun Watson. Hey, watch out. Miami's going to go get Deshaun Watson. Hey, the Houston Texans Texans went three first-round picks and two second-round picks for Deshaun Watson. Watch out. You know, Miami, like they can totally do it. Watch out for Miami. So that's not going to happen. There's no way that... No way that these rumors are true. Okay, and here's how we know that. First of all, when we look at Miami, when we look at Brian Flores, he is a, I'm not going to call him a carbon copy, but very, very similar to Belichick, runs a tight ship, quiet, no leaks, nothing like that. Okay, nothing's getting out of there. It is Fort Knox. Okay, there are no leaks out of that camp. We never know what Miami's doing ever since Brian Flores has gotten there. All right, tight ship. So first of all, that's how we know that. Secondly... What is the last thing that any franchise wants before the start of the season? Drama. Okay, you don't want drama. You don't want a whole bunch of noise getting into your locker room. You don't want anything like that. So why in the world would the Miami Dolphins choose right now to go get Deshaun Watson when they had the opportunity to do it the entire offseason? Okay, it makes no sense whatsoever. Okay, this is Deshaun Watson's camp. Leaking it just to kind of let people know that he still wants to get out and things like that. And here's the other problem. Here's how else we know that there's no way that Deshaun Watson is on the move. Because there's just too much in the air on him right now. All right, he's still got all these, you know, cases up. Like no decisions have been made yet. So like, there's a like scenario where like Watson doesn't play in the NFL for a long time. Like that's that's like a real like possibility here. And so why in the world would Miami give up? You know, three first-round picks and two second-round picks. Obviously, you know, you can put some different, like, um, I, I don't want to call them co- compensations. That, that's not the right term. But basically, you can set it up to where, like, if Sean Watson ends up having to, like, step away from the game, that you get all of those picks back. You can set it up that way. But here's the thing. The Texans are going to want more than just picks. They're going to want players. Okay, and when we look at Miami and just their roster and who the Texans would have wanted, the two players that come to mind, one is Xavier Howard, who the Miami Dolphins just renegotiated a contract with so that they could keep him there longer. So why in the world would they trade him right now, right after they negotiated a contract? The other player is Tua Tagovailoa. Now look, outside of the one errant pass in the Bears game where he threw a ball late across the middle that wound up being an interception, Tua has looked really good in the preseason okay he looks like the guy he looks like he's in much better shape this year you know he had a full off season he had spring train he had training camp he had everything that he needed so why would they bail on him right now like this is the first year that we can really sit down and be like okay can Tua play quarterback at a high level in the NFL right he's had a whole year since the hip surgery okay I already mentioned he had training camp he's had a preseason okay like he didn't have to worry about getting pulled after every little mistake for, for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like, like he is the guy. Everybody knows it. This is officially to his team. And now that all this stuff is falling into place, all of a sudden Miami wants to throw it all away to go get a guy who may not even be playing in the NFL next year? Does that make does that make any sense whatsoever? It, it doesn't make any sense to me, right? This is purely... Deshaun Watson's camp, leaking information just to get back in the media and things like that. So, yeah, that's really all I wanted to address. Really short podcast. It's like barely over 10 minutes, but that's okay. We're just warming up. 
Hopefully, I'll have another episode out on Wednesday. I'm hoping to bring my good buddy Colt Booth on here. We're going to do some over-under picks for the NFL. You know, this is, like I said, this is just the warm-up, all right? We're just getting ready, okay? This is the appetizer to a fantastic full-course meal that's coming your way all football season long, so make sure you subscribe to the Shooting the Schmidt podcast, and I cannot wait to continue to pump out content for you guys for the rest of this fall. So once again, Shooting the Schmidt, you know, follow me on Twitter, at jschmidt underscore four, if you want to hear more from me, live reactions on games and things. So yeah, once again, subscribe to the Shooting the Schmidt podcast. I will talk to you